Welcome into episode 35 of the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Connor Rabtech, and on today's episode, we've got a full crew, and we are here to discuss the NHL draft. The draft is less than a week away. The Jets pick 18th, and they could pick more than once if there's a trade between now and then, but for the time being, we discuss the high-end names in the class, we discuss the names that are going to be in and around that 18 range, and we started the episode off with a roundtable about the Bombers, Seabears, and Gold Eyes. We really hope you enjoy and uh, thank you for listening. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Maroon Center, no! Connor Hellebuck! Golden opportunity, Kyle Connor shoots and he scores! Kyle Connor! Triple overtime series winner! On the Morrissey. Scores! Josh Morrissey in overtime. And the Jets win it 5-4. And welcome into episode 35 of the Level Flight Podcast. And we've got a full crew. Milestone episode. We needed everyone here. How y'all doing? Good, good. Um, I will say that uh, <laughs> it's a little awkward here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bring in the energy. We're, 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 we're all really Let's tired. Um, it's been it's been a lot. Lots been going on um, with this team, with the team that uh, Brian's got a jersey of in the background. Um, so we're all really tired because we've been working really hard. So hopefully you've all seen our hard work. <laughs> Brian, how are we doing? I mean, seconded, uh, but like. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's rewarding, but um, no, I I don't sleep very often anymore. All right, well, let's dive into that because <laughs> we wanted to start with summer sports, so let's do it. Let's talk about the Gold Eyes yeah. first. Um, they are struggling to say the least. It's um, it's been tough. It has been tough. Um, I'm not sure what their current record is exactly. Um, uh, they are 13 and 22 as of right now. Okay, um, yeah. they're in the middle of a six game homestand. Um. Baseball games are still super fun to go to. Like, you know, <laughs> Gold Eyes games, the atmosphere is still amazing. Um, Brian and I, uh, Brian more so, but we put it, we put together a production show. We try our hardest. Um, it's great. It's, it's Gold Eyes games. There's nothing like it. So, um, yeah, they're struggling, but again, it's still so, so much fun to be at the ballpark. So, yeah, it, uh, right now we're seeing just a lot of, uh, what feels to be almost like growing pains just later in the season than we would hope. Um, right. So yeah, as of right now, it's uh, they're trying to fend off the sweep uh, in their uh, home series right now against Lincoln. Um, so they go again tonight. Uh, well, I guess last night when you're hearing this. So I'm hoping that <laughs> next time we're talking about a win um, because this last stretch here has been uh, really rough. So um, yeah, they're hoping to rebound here and, there's a lot of you know, you know, really you know, talented guys that when they get in their groove, they're 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 on. So, um, you know, we're still looking at guys like Dason Cruz, who's leading the league in batting average. You know, he's right up there, uh, you know, tied for the league league in hits. Um, you know, he's and he's a true rookie. So you're you're watching guys like that. You know, you got the vets like you know Max Murphy, who won the Player of the Year last year. He's coming around. He's looking more like his, himself. Um, so there's still a lot to like about this team. It's just they're not catching some of the breaks that you would hope. 
Um, and uh, yeah, but they're going to get a boost uh, later this week. Um, three pitchers, uh, three Canadian pitchers are coming back from the Pan Am Games qualifiers, uh, Landon Barassa, Travis Seabrook, and Brandon Markland. Uh, mm. So that'll be, a, you know, a nice little boost to both bullpen and rotation um, because, you know, Barassa and Seabrook were in the rotation before they left. Markland was a you know key part of that bullpen that has been very thin as of late. Um, so, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll change the complexion of the team a little bit because there's also going to have to be some shuffling because we're sitting at our, uh, our current roster limits. So, yeah, stay on the lookout for that because I, the gold eyes play every other week for six games at a time. So get out to a game. It's super fun on the flip side of a struggling team. There's the bombers and the sea bears that are just, just dominating. Uh, let's start with the Sea Bears. Elliot's got the jersey on. They, I had they to. moved. I, they I, had... I finally got it. So <laughs> there you go. Last night, um, they played the Vancouver Bandits and won ninety-three to eighty-four. I think the final score was yeah, something in that range. Ninety-seven? No. Ninety-three. Ninety-three. Target score right. was ninety-three. Sorry, I um, forgot. I, I'm thinking a different game. All good. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm following the entire league. It's when when every game ends in the target score, it is kind of hard. Everything's in the nineties. Yeah. The 90, yeah. I, I I get it. Um. The that that moved them to six and three and first in the Western Conference. Um. It was a great game, Elliot. What did you? I know you were watching it on the broadcast. What did you? What were your takeaways from that one? Um, I think a little bit. You have to say they got a little bit lucky in winning that game. Um, I'm writing the uh, game recap before and obviously after we record this episode. There were so many turnovers, and most of them were unforced. Like, I, and I hate to throw his name out there because I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get thrown under the bus for this. But just as an example, there was a pass from Simon. He was supposed to be trying to pass into Chad in a, on a post-up. Chad had his man. His man was fronting him. So he was trying to throw it over the top. And Simon just threw it right to a bandit defender. Like, not even anywhere near Chad. And and there, and there that and I will say this. That wasn't the only pass of the night that was bad. But there was lots of opportunity. There was lots of times where even my personal six-man-of-the-year favorite, Jelani Watson-Gale, um, almost dribbled into two guys or almost mm-hmm. – kicked it right out of bounds and so it was a little bit of a sloppy game last night um the bandits came out hot well they, they yeah. were a little cold and then they were hot for the second and third quarter because they went into the half up seven then they were mm-hmm. up seven at the end of the third quarter and then winnipeg had an unreal run to end the game at one point it was yeah. 19 a 19-0 run before target time and then I believe it was either MJ Walker or Malcolm DeVivier hit a pull-up jumper to make it a 19-2 run. And then Coach Mike Taylor called timeout to get the game into target score time. So 19-0 run. The bandit scored two. Uh <laughs> oh, timeout. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah it's, it's it, it, it was good. kind of, it was yeah. kind of funny. I was I, I actually had to text Connor because the broadcast didn't even say they were just like, oh, we're going to target score time. And so I was so confused. It's like, did somebody foul? Like, but either way, now, yeah. they they closed it out. Um, I do want to shout out Glenn Yang. Um, I don't know if he's been reading my articles, but I've been really high on him, but I've been really critical of his play lately. And he's now had two out of three good games. So yeah, he played great I, last He night. had a fantastic game yesterday. Um, I also think you can't forget Teddy Allen because he, I, I don't know what it's it is. At, he, at, at home, it's he can't fair. miss from three right now, but he can't make a bucket in the paint. <laughs> I, just I, I, he I, is just like just pulling up just does not even care and it, it, within that 19-0 run there was like three deep threes 
yeah. that were just unbelievable. Like, his last one over – and, and to put in perspective, if you want to look it up, you can. But he his last three, and I believe, Connor, you tweeted about it, that capped off – or, well, at that point, capped right, off the 13 Yeah, Yeah, to cap yeah. off a 13 run before a timeout. The three from Teddy Allen – you were at the game, Connor. It looked high on my screen. Yeah. How high did that ball go? Because so that was a rainbow. There. Yeah. All of his threes like touch the roof and then come down. Although when he when he's not hitting his threes, you can tell because the arc does not go as high as when he's when he's hitting. I he will say though, up there. if you do watch it, I want you to remember that Georgie Bajanshvili, the forward for the uh bandits who was guarding him, is about six eleven, seven foot. And yeah. Teddy Allen's six six. And yeah. he does not get – he does the – the other thing, too, is Allen does not get a lot of height on his jumper, so he has to put more arc. Right. But that was – he put that up, and I'm like, okay, I, I know you want to go one-on-one, but, like, what are we doing here? And then he hit it, and I was like, okay, well, Boom. I guess this yeah. is the night we're having. But yeah. they, they have been playing – other than their game against Edmonton where they got blown out, they have played pretty well um, despite some – a little bit of rocky play. I still think they need to figure it out on the defensive end. If they can figure it out on the defensive end and be consistent there, mm-hmm. this team is, I have to say that they're not they're the most talented team in the league, but they play hard and they have depth. They've got that. They've got that grit. Yeah. You know? They have they're <laughs> they've got that a dog team, the Winnipeg. Way. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. They're building yeah. a team that the jets would absolutely <laughs> oh. salivate over. Anyway, but it's been great. They play uh, as we're recording this on Thursday. They play tomorrow. So when we release on Friday, they're playing this evening against their prairie rival, the Saskatchewan Rattlers. Uh, if you haven't gone out to a game, I would so recommend it. I'm hoping yeah. if it's a Friday night and against the prairie rival, it should be sold out or close yeah. to because it's going to be a f- it's going to be an awesome, awesome game. Yeah, the atmosphere. Like I think last night I was I was there. I think it would. I didn't see the official number, but I'm guessing that was the lowest attended game of the year. And the atmosphere was still nuts when they went on like that 19 0 run and into the target score time. And they're like staging a massive comeback and winning the game. The crowd was going insane. So it's, it's a really fun atmosphere. Basketball games always are. And, and yeah, you should, I'm echoing what Elliot said. You should definitely head out to one. I'm just glad that there's a team here. You can ask anybody that knows me. I've been a huge basketball fan. I'm just so happy there's a team. I didn't even care if this team was going to like not make the playoffs or lose a bunch of games. Just watching basketball in my hometown is just really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's and the cities loved it. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to actually get to a game yet, as Connor knows. Uh, I live at the ballpark. Effectively, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, So I, at some point or another, the schedules are going to work out. Because it always seems like they're home when the gold eyes are home. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, the three of us are going to get to a game. Oh, yeah. We're going to do a, a level flight basketball <laughs> special Cameo. edition. Yeah. Oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the last team, uh, the Bombers, they're still awesome. Like they're Elite. 2-0. and Yeah, they play tonight uh, when this episode comes out. They will have, they will have demolished BC. I'm calling it now. Um, but 
they I really hope tonight. that doesn't age poorly because man oh it'll it, awesome. it'll age beautifully it's the bombers i've it, it's i know i know that but i, I did hear just, that somebody uh, picked them to lose this evening's game though oh i did i did because i did read somebody's article on their specific website <gasps> that right. said that they uh that they <gasps> this that they were gonna lose this website. game tonight yeah no i did because i said they had to lose a game without kenny lawler that was my reasoning and i said I, there's no way they go undefeated without him and then they go and put up 40 what it what was it 49 on hamilton and like 47 on saskatchewan and they dominated saskatchewan yeah. in the second half yeah like it was even anyways close. the bombers are still a wagon um if yeah. i could have that pick back elliot i definitely would it's based you, on hey, it's your own website you could go back I, and edit it I, you can go might. back and edit it i might i might but now it's out there that horrible that, uh, journalistic integrity <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't make bad takes i just change them later um no but <laughs> put that on uh, a shirt yeah exactly. i am printing that right now give yeah. me a second no if i could change that pick i would because the bombers have looked phenomenal uh the first two weeks and they're they're at home this is the game of the week both teams are two and oh uh it's gonna be great vernon adams has been great for bc and yeah uh i don't have to tell you to go to bomber games because they ticket sales are great for them everyone loves the bombers it's like they never not like they're good attendance numbers but this is a football they've also they've also won two of the last three great cups and have gone to the west final multiple times like they're they're winning does that winning does that yeah um Hmm. i wonder what franchise could take that from another one in this city but it's fine the we don't have to go there (laughs) the jets (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but the bombers are again great. This is not groundbreaking analysis. Like they're going to be good. Zach they are Lawrence the best team in the CFL, elite. and that's yeah. not bra- groundbreaking analysis, unfortunately. As well, as it's much not. as I want that to be a hot take, that <laughs> yeah. it is probably the coldest take that you could have in the last like four <laughs> seasons. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's that's about all I've got from the bombers. Um. Unless you guys have anything else on summer sports, I think we're ready to roll. Yeah, I just want to quickly say, um. Coming up this week, uh, I didn't. I realized I didn't say this in my little gold eyes spiel. Uh, coming up this week, uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, and uh, and Sunday, uh, open up a three game series against the Gary South Shore Railcats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, come check that Tiger. out. Be, um, oh yeah, they're the first time they're visiting him in his Greg Taggart place. revenge revenge. Has series. he gone back to Gary South Shore yet? They opened the season there. Oh right, yes, yeah, that is. Correct. And he got his number retired and everything, so. Thanks. But like, yeah, go, uh, you can get tickets at goldeyes.com slash tickets. Um, and then coming up after they're, after that, they're on the road for about a week and a half. Uh, but second week of July, they're back. Uh, you know, you got retro night coming up there. Mm. Uh, you got uh, things coming up later in the month, like uh, Ukrainian night. Um, but no, check out uh, goldeyes.com slash tickets uh, for more on that. And then you can also, uh, you know, find... Um, <laughs> you know, their promotional schedule on their website. Uh, and uh, yes, Elliot. I have one question for you. Yeah. When's Reggie Abercrombie Jersey retirement night? August 11th. Perfect. Thank you. That should be yeah, the night that everybody's be in there. The building. I have a photo with him. I can pull it up next oh, pod nice. if we want. Um, 100%. Uh, but yeah, and then there's a, also a bobblehead that night of, uh, of Reg. Yes. So, um, you know, we're, uh, we're looking forward to having, uh, you know, Reggie on uh, to, uh, uh, you know, actually on the field again um, yeah. to, you know, celebrate his jersey getting, uh, you know, 
raised up against you know the booth there and you know in Shaw Park. But yeah, uh, come on down to Shaw Park this summer, support the Gold Eyes. Um, you know the fan support helps. Um, you know they're in a little bit of a rut right now, but you know they've they've told me themselves that they love. You know they get a little bit of a push when they get those you know big crowd nights. So mm-hmm. you know come on down and support the team. You know they're they've this is their thirtieth season and. Uh, you know, we're celebrating those players, you know, from you know, maybe your childhood or your past, you know, maybe you went to games in, in the nineties and the mid two thousands, whatever we're celebrating those players all season long as well. So, uh, come check that out. Yeah. You, you'll hear Brian's voice talking. About I didn't want to say players. that. Cause like, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> I didn't realize baby, it was you. The first, yeah. I wa- yeah. watched the first one. Didn't realize it. it was only till the second video. You, I can't remember. You said something that was like, Wait a minute, that's Brian. And then I had to go back and listen to the first one. Went, how did I miss that? Yeah, yeah, if you hear a video on Instagram or something, start with today. We're looking at Gold Eyes outfielder. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and if you're at the ballpark, you will also you hear, hear it. Brian's voice there. There you go. Cheer away. Um, yeah. Um, so we are here doing this episode today to preview the draft. Um, but before we do that, we're gonna hear from our sponsor, DraftKings. Um, Brian is here today to do our ad read. Um, as he always does. So Brian, uh, take it away. All right. So, uh, you know, there's various different sports going on, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. right now you got things, you know, like the MLB, you've got different things that you can, you know, check out on DraftKings Sportsbook. So new customers dra- download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Just bet $5 to score $150 in bonus, bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Hill, uh, Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Uh, all games re- uh, are regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with the Hollywood Casino and Charles, uh, Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available uh, for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets uh, expire seven days after uh, uh, issuance. Um, one boost per eligible game, often required uh, for uh, 100% boost. Uh, eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Boom. Boom. Crushed it. Crushed it. All in one take, just like that. I, I, I ran out of breath in the middle of that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take like a deep breath and then run it back. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the draft. I mean, there's obviously Connor Bedard, right? We talked about Connor Bedard. A few episodes ago, Elliot and I agreed that we wouldn't even trade Austin Matthews for that first overall pick. Like, obviously, we think and everyone thinks he's going to be a true superstar in the NHL. Um, will that happen year one? I don't think so. I don't think it'll be like you'll come out the gate scoring 60 goals and breaking or 78 and breaking Solani's record. That's no not going to happen. Touching that record. Yeah, no, no one is. You're right. Uh, but he's going to be great. It might just take a year or two. But everyone knows it. The talent's there. Um, We've talked about him at length already. I want to talk about the other names at the top of this class that are in that top five, top six range. Um, And let's start with maybe the biggest wild card 
in the entire draft in Matvey Mitchkov, who most people have ranked as the second best player in this class. Like he is so talented over there in Russia, putting up unreal numbers, but he's under contract for three more years. So if you're drafting him, you are not seeing him in the NHL until he's 21. Or at 21 years old, he signs another contract in Russia and you're not seeing him until he's 24 or at all or ever. Like you're really rolling the dice there. Uh, but everyone thinks he's the second best player in this class. It's just a matter of are you willing to take the risk and wait the three years? Um, so it no one really knows where he's going to go. A lot of people are mocking him eighth to the Washington Capitals. But Jeff Merrick on 32 Thoughts yesterday said, don't be shocked if Anaheim takes him at number two. And I, I kind of was shocked at that because everyone's had Adam Fantilli um, pinned there. Um, and then obviously you've got Columbus, you've got San Jose. They could take a shot on Mitch. But if you guys had to guess right now, who do you think the, the teams in the top eight, let's say, I don't think he slides past that, but who do you think is most likely to take a shot and wait for what has been labeled as generational talent? Like if he was coming out right now, a lot of people said he could be rivaling Bedard for number one. Elliot, I'll start with you. I think that he goes, as we've seen him mocked so many times, for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you're the Ducks, I don't think you take somebody that's uh, maybe to come over to the NHL. You already have a young core. You already have tons of prospects. I understand they want to add to that prospect pool, but that team is getting better as mm-hmm. we speak. They want to add to that pool to keep building up that uh, – building up that potential for that squad. So I don't think that as much as I think Mitchkov is good, I just don't think that he's the best fit for Anaheim for where their roster sits. Same with Columbus. Columbus already has two superstars in uh, Patrick Laine and Johnny Gaudreau. They need to build their prospect cupboard, but they need guys to help them in the next couple years, mm-hmm. not and get acclimated to the NHL game quicker rather than Mitchkov wait three years and then hope he comes over. That's where I think a team like San Jose has all the opportunities to take a shot on him because they're going to be rebuilding for a while. They don't need anybody to win at this current moment. Like they don't need a player to kind of turn the corner in one to two years. And like, that's where I see, honestly, if Carvedard wasn't in this draft, Adam Fantilli probably goes number one, in my opinion. Like I think he probably, in most drafts, he probably goes number one. Um, And that's a guy that the Ducks should draft at two. And he will maybe – obviously, he'll finish out his next year at Michigan because we're we're, we're aware mm-hmm. that he's playing at Michigan next year. But the following year, I would assume he gets a chance at the NHL roster spot, right? Mitchkov doesn't get a chance at the NHL roster spot for until he's 21, so three seasons yeah. from now. Yeah. And obviously, the San Jose Sharks could be in a different situation. But knowing the San Jose Sharks are probably going to be in the same situation they are now, maybe a little bit better. So they, they have – to me, I think they're the best team for Mitchkov to go to because they're not in a rush to have him come over. Yeah. And another thing to back that up is a new GM, Mike Greer, Absolutely. brand new GM. Like you theoretically have some job security there. So you as the GM can take a shot on Mitchkov and wait three years because you know, you're not going to get fired next year. If like Columbus or um, like, I know they have a long tenure GM over there, but in uh, and also in Anaheim, if you take Mitchkov and then your team is bad for the next three years, um, you might get fired and then Mitchkov comes over. So you'll never see this draft pick, right? Mike Greer, new GM. He might have some job security there. Um, that's a great point. Um, Brian, where do you think Mitchkov slots in? See, 
I had a whole spiel about everything that Elliot just said. <laughs> um, but I mean, what what I'll just say, yeah, like what I'll just say about that, because essentially I was gonna echo everything that, uh, you know, what Elliot said about the whole. Out of all of those teams, and like you said, you know, eight was where that you know that possible thing could you know that that Washington, that, yeah, the Washington yeah. pick there, right. Um, shock. I'd be shocked if he, you know, gets anywhere past six at Arizona. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he makes it past four. Like, I think if it, if it's not the Sharks, mm. it's somebody higher. But I don't think those other teams should take him. Mm. I think the Sharks are the best team for him, and I think they are the most likely team to take him. Yeah, like I for me, I feel like I'm looking at all these picks, and it's like the Sharks are most likely. I can't see Montreal taking a shot on that. No, because they no. seem also convinced that they're closer than they are. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think what, Arizona. What makes, what makes you think that, Brian? Is it I don't the know, just uh... numerous have fans on Twitter that uh, yeah <laughs> keep sending these the... awful mocks for Dubois and think How he's about just gonna Christian walk? Dvorak in a second. <laughs> I'd leap at that, honestly. That's a oh. great deal. <laughs> but no, like, anyways, carry on. <laughs> I could see Arizona possibly if he if he falls to six. Because let's be real, Arizona's not all that close either. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there's a lot of uncertainty with the team itself. So why not take someone that might be a little uncertain? Because let's be real, it's not like they're a pillar of stability. Um, so and then at that point, if they make it if they if he makes it past you know six, I think anyone there would be happy to take him. Yeah. I think Philly as well, who's seven. Um, if they're tearing it down like yeah, they say is open for business apparently yeah if, if they're tearing it down and making this a multi-year rebuild they can wait on mitchcock again new gm right Breer. yeah um so it's i i i would i want to believe the jeff merrick report well it's, it wasn't really a report he clarified that it was more a theory than it was a report yeah. i want to get behind that like anaheim to number two because that would just be nuts like on the draft floor that would be a crazy story but mm-hmm. I agree with you guys. I think the Sharks, I think that's where he goes. I just, new GM, it just makes sense. They're going to be in a multi-year rebuild. It's too big of a risk to take him at two. Because if you never see an, a second overall pick, that's that's bad. Like, that's a fireball offense if you're a GM, right? Um, so, Are you sure? We've seen some uh, pretty egregious offenses <laughs> over here. And he's been praised for it, so. I, I don't know if. Uh, it depends on the overall... GM. Yeah. Depends on yeah. The GM. Depends on the owner. And how it depends on the situation. Runs. Yeah, very much depends on the situation. I, I agree with you, Elliot. Adam Fentilli is a as solid of a prospect as you can get. And if Carter Bernard wasn't in this draft, Fentilli he's would as be can't the one miss as praised. like it can get. So I, if you're not yeah, Carter Bernard, a good Michigan man. If, yeah, if you're the Ducks, go blue. you've got to go Fentilli, and then yeah, the, the I've got the centers, and then Mitchkov. Yeah. I've I've actually I've got because that's the thing like. You got Leo Carlson in there. Yeah. I I honest I think there's a consideration from you know Columbus to yeah. swoop in and take him three. Mm-hmm. I can even it's either Carlson I can even, or Smith. Will Smith. I could even honestly see with the way that I loved him um, in Fresh Prince. Yeah. <laughs> he was great. Yeah. Put fantastic. up a lot of numbers. Um <laughs> the basketball scenes, uh yeah. Um either way. Um, Leo Carlson, I think is also, I know that most mocks have him at three because Fantilli Mm -hmm. is like 
the number two, and I would go with Fantilli. Right. I also wouldn't put it past the Ducks to go for a Leo Carlson. Mm. I don't know. I think he's real good. Yeah. But but his so Fantilli is an offensive like juggernaut, right? Like he he's a he's a guy that needs the puck on his stick. He's puck dominant and really good on that end, like in the offensive zone. The thing that puts me in a place that I think Carlson should be considered for two, I don't think he should go to, is that he is a really good two-way forward. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it at a professional level. And the best part is, is yes, I know we just talked about Mitchkov and Fantilli having being able to play earlier. Carlson can play even earlier because he Mm -hmm. can even be playing as of this, this upcoming season. So for the Ducks, you go, okay, you had another super talented, now a two-way center, and he can play this year and go down to the AHL if we need him to, or we can send mm-hmm. him back to Sweden, mm-hmm. right? Like, that, that's where I think the Ducks are probably considering. they. Realistically, I see the Ducks as the quote-unquote number one overall, not having the number one overall pick. They yeah, control the how the rest of the draft. Just like a, yeah, that, a that is kind of it. You might as well just don't even don't even announce the first overall pick. Just send Bedard <laughs> to Chicago. It's not even a question. Yeah. But the way that the draft goes, the, re- the I would probably even say the rest of the top ten, and honestly, how it'll affect the Jets even at eighteen, kind of relies on where the Ducks go at two, and you could kind of put that at three with the with Columbus. Yeah, I I just so, think it'll be most mocks. Go Fantilli, Carlson, Mitchkov, Smith. Yeah, that's that, or some team. combination of that. Right. So well, yeah, it's, I, it's it's those four, but it just depends. Or sorry, did you say three names? I used to three. Um, either way, it's it's that combination. But I think at least the Ducks should think about yeah. Leo Carlson. I do. They do. I think they should go with Fantilli. Absolutely. But I think Carlson should at least be in the conversation just mm-hmm. because of his ability on both ends of the ice. 6'3", 200-pound center. Like, that's yeah. – uh, teams watching the playoffs and completely misinterpreted it, think they need big grit. And the, he, he might Ripping go – Jets fans that. certainly did. Need big, gritty players. Who won the consummate again? I'm going to keep asking that. Um, anyways, let's move into the Winnipeg Jets because they pick at 18. Yeah. Um, this is, like we've said, prime spot for the Jets. You know, they love picking here. Right in the middle of the pack. Um, Did you get good value? I they love this that. spot. Well, at this spot, I will say, and we're going to talk about some names here. At 18, there's always a player that slides. A player that everyone has ranked in and around their top 10. Everyone has them ranked 8. Everyone has them ranked 10. And it's like, wow, how did this guy slide to the Jets at 18? Right? Um, does it always turn out that that player ends up being the 8th best player in the class? No. But... It's still there are value. rankings. There are rankings that mean something. Like Bob McKenzie has rankings. There, they those mean something. And if a player slides, like that's good value, right? Um, Oliver Moore is the first name I'm going to bring up because Corey Pronman has mocked Oliver Moore of the U.S. National Development Team program to the Winnipeg Jets multiple times. Um, often labeled as the best skater in the class, and uh, in in the top ten, in and around the top ten in most rankings, anywhere from 8 to 12. Uh, and he's been mocked to the Jets a few times now. Now, 
Pronman also mocked Zach Benson at 17, who is a top eight pick in my I was going to say, right? so, there's yeah. no way he drops out of the top 10. Yeah, I just don't, I don't yeah. know what to believe at this time of year. Um, but Oliver Moore is the first name I'll bring up because if the Jets, if he were to slide and the, he's on the board and the Jets were to pick him, best skater in the class, great talent, that would be a phenomenal pick. Um, who else are you guys eyeing? Elliot, I'll start with you. Who, what's another name that you are hoping slides to the Jets and is kind, kind of in that higher tier, end of tier two, tier three? Um, I would, I'd probably even say tier two because Connor Bedard is probably in the tier one. Tier right. two is like Leo Carlson and Adam Fantilli, Will Smith kind of area. Tier three. Tier three. Say, yeah. This is a player that when we started talking, actually, this was like early on. I think we had done mm-hmm. like four episodes of this podcast. I started looking at draft prospects. <laughs> uh, we were sitting in cl- just a little story time. We were sitting in class and I think I was, I was sitting next to Connor and I was looking at prospects. And I looked at this guy and I said, we need somebody like this. And we've been mocked to him a little bit, but he's actually supposed to go earlier in the draft. And this is kind of where I hope the Jets actually um, trade up. Is it a six foot six Manitoban? It is not. Then we don't need him. We don't need him. You're wrong. You're wrong. They need big grit from Manitoba. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, (laughs) I think we want this guy. This guy's name's Cody (laughs) Barlow. I was just kidding. Yes. Yes. Cody Barlow is my favorite player, my favorite player outside of the top like five picks. He is my favorite player in that tier three um, section of the draft. He is an, he probably, he has probably one of the best shots, if not like top three. I mean, I know you have to put Connor Bedard at one and Mitch Kov's probably at two, but I think Barlow, Barlow has the best shot in the OHL. That's for sure. He put up 46 goals last year. Like I, I he put up 79 points as an 18 year old and was the captain of the Owen Sound and he was still only 17 for most of the season and he was the captain of a team with guys who are on the roster at like 21 22 like especially those junior teams have guys that have been there for a long time be the captain and I think I think that says something to a guy's character um mm-hmm. but he He's a he's not the fast. I know we just talked about Oliver Moore being the best skater. Barlow's still a decent skater. I don't think he's the best. He's not the fastest. He's pretty mm. agile. Um, but man, is he a weapon mm. on the power play? He scores in so many different ways. He scores in front of the net. He scores on tips. You can put him in the slot. He can hit. He can shoot one timers. He'll snipe it off the rush. Like I, I, I just think the Jets need somebody that's a little bit bigger in size that can score and doesn't just score along the wall and doesn't just like like he's 6'1, 185. Obviously, the frame will fill out probably a little bit more. You can probably add 10 pounds to that. But 6'1, let's say 195, and he's 21 years old. I don't think is I I don't think that's a small frame for a hockey player. Yeah. Personally, so yeah. I I think that for me he is the pick that I think the Jets should go with if he's available or if they hear a team is going to draft him, they need to do as much as they can to try to trade up with whoever that may be to get him because I think he not that he's a can't miss prospect I just think he's the perfect player the Jets need he's a winger he's got size he scores and he's only eighteen so. Yeah. I, I think that's that would that to me either getting him at 18 eight, him getting getting him at 18 would be a slam dunk pick 
in my opinion. That would be absolute fantastic value. If you have to trade up to, he's been mocked around 12 to 14. If you have to trade up there to get him or the Jets decide that they want him that badly and they trade up for him, mm-hmm. I, I will, I, I'll be there on uh, on draft night in, in CLC for the draft party. <laughs> if that oh, yeah. call comes over and they, they've made a trade, I, I don't have any problem with it. Yeah, Scott Wheeler of The Athletic um, basically described him as having a really high floor, like mm-hmm. his shot um, and kind of that average to above average skating and all around game you mentioned provides a high floor as a prospect. Um, so you're kind of know you kind of know what you're getting by drafting him. Uh, again, a lot of the rankings have him anywhere in that 12 to 16 range. Um could he go in the top 10? I don't think so. I don't think there's room for him in the top 10. No, but, he but will like be, as soon as 11 comes be in the around. teens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, another player that could just fall into the Jets lap. Um, and in my latest mock, actually, I was the one I picked uh, Col- uh, Colby Barlow. I almost messed that up. I picked him as well um, for the exact reasons that you mentioned, Elliot. Like the high floor thing as well, just yeah. screams Winnipeg Jets. Getting a known prospect that is going to be at minimum like a third line middle six contributor at the nhl level and and that's what they need they need a middle six winger that scores and i think that's what they'll go with i if he falls that's that's definitely a a likely pick um brian what is a name that you'd like to throw out there is if they slide if they're in that range who who are you looking at um firstly i just want to say uh barlow is like high on my list that i will hit the streets celebrating if he's still there uh yeah if they don't have to trade up um i'm actually i'm gonna throw a couple names out there just because i sort of scanned through all the various mock drafts and draft rankings and these are some of the guys that i've seen sort of wind up in that spot Mm -hmm. so the uh the one that i saw um most recently was uh i think it's tom willander uh Mm -hmm. He's described as the most complete defenseman in the draft, which I would disagree with. Yeah, and but I mean, on. but the only thing is, though, like he's doing a great job right now overseas against people who are mostly older than him. Mm-hmm. So what what's going to be interesting though with that is does his game translate? Uh, you know, as well to, uh, you know, the smaller ice, which we'll find out because he's going to Boston University next year. Right. So you'll find that uh, out very quick. Yeah. So there's that um, a name that I've also seen dropped and man, does this ever fit the Jets profile? Uh, A U.S. development team prospect, (laughs) uh, Gabriel Perot, Mm. um, who uh, led the uh, development team uh, in goals, assists and points. um, And second. Yeah. Uh, and second, you know, at the uh, World U18s um, with 18 points. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's also, listen, I'm just, I'm profiling the Jets here. There's a certain level of American development program and some connection to a former NHLer. Because um, he's <laughs> yep. the son of former NHLer Yannick Perot. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, and then one that I've actually, there's a couple names here that I don't know if either they're there or if it fits the Jets profile. Um, Andrew Cristal uh, mm-hmm. from Kelowna. Uh, he's slid in several mock drafts recently. Yeah. 
and I thought that he was going to be a decently good bet high up. But like the fact though that he's just, I've heard him described as a cheat code on the power play. Um, <laughs> that'd be nice. That'd be nice yeah, to have that. It would be. Um, and then to satisfy the the calls for you know a little bit of that grit, uh, some uh, someone who's you know shown a decent two way streak in in the in the dub for uh, Vancouver, uh, Honzik. Mm-hmm. He yeah. uh, he's gonna punish you, uh, but he's fairly good defensively too. So it's not like he's just one of those guys who runs around hitting. Uh, so he's like a he's what his profile is like a middle six, you know, maybe a second line winger who's going to be able to jar the puck loose, you know, not make not hurt you defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if, especially with some of these other guys who might be available, if he'd be the pick to make at that spot he's because six that's four. Six four one eighty five Ponzik, so big winger, big big winger, uh, decent. Uh, he's got some, uh, uh, you know, of an offensive streak, but nothing too mm-hmm. too flashy. The thing that sort of stands out about him is, um, you know, some of his defensive instincts and the fact that he's gonna, you know, punish you along the walls. Which, um, yeah. yeah, that's sort of what you're looking at. With yeah, so those are some of the names that I was looking at. I figured yeah. it'd be good to throw out a couple more names rather than just three. So. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you want me to add to that list, I can throw the couple more. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I have a list here. Let's um, do it. Let's so, well, it going. well, first, I want to say on the Hanzik pick, to me, I wasn't a huge fan of Hanzik. I was kind of, for the Jets anyway, I think he's like a good pick for somebody who's picking late in the first round, like that 25 to 28 range, like a playoff team goes and gets him. Because again, mm-hmm. he kind of has that like, to me, he—I don't think he's as high of a floor as like a Kobe Barlow. I just don't think his potential is as high as a Barlow. So to me, you're—you want to get if the Jets make the obviously they make the playoffs and they're out in the first round. I kind of see teams like that as you're still kind of in like a lottery pick situation. You should be trying to get somebody that has a higher floor or a decently high floor with still pretty high potential. Mm-hmm. The other name that I was super high on. And I kind of had as my quote unquote second option was Braden Yeager um, uh, from the Moose Jaw Warriors. Mm-hmm. I was super impressed with his offensive game. Um, you'll probably see some, uh, you're going to see a trend here with my picks. You'll see why, <laughs> what I think the Jets should be going after. But I think his shot is really good. His playmaking was quite impressive. His vision is really good. Um, I was pretty, I was pretty astounded by some of the reads he made and some of the passes mm-hmm. he made. Um, so I think that's another name. Um, obviously if you want to go someone who played close to home, if he's still on the board, he's mocked in around, like he's been ranked like 13, he's been mocked in around that 12 to 14 range would be Nate Danielson. Mm-hmm. If you want to go hometown, I wasn't, I, I went and actually watched a brand new week Kings game in the middle of the year. He played, he looked okay to me. I don't think he mm-hmm. was fantastic. Um, but I think with somebody, if you, I, I think he has some tools to be like a third line center, but yeah. I don't, I don't think he's really anything too special. He's probably, he's, he's a product of having he's a, a two way. Like he plays yeah. like what scouts would consider a quiet game. He's like a two way center that isn't going to like, wow you with these crazy moves or skating ability. He just is there in the right spot all the time. And, and, per, and personally to me, that's another guy floor. that I, th- that's a guy that I, I, I actually will, and I'll make a prediction right now. I think Danielson's somebody that will slide in the draft and could be available to the Jets because teams that are in and around that 11 to 15 range 
are wanting somebody that has a little bit of a higher ceiling in terms of potential. A name that uh, uh, Edward Shala is another mm-hmm. one that has been mocked to slide because um, he kind of had an up and down sort of season with, um, sorry, I'm just trying to get the name. Yeah, Kometa Berno in Czechoslovakia. He, he he showed some offensive potential. I think he's a little bit of a bigger forward as well. Um, but I'm I'm kind of yeah. That's a I don't know if he slides that far personally, but he's available if I think the Jets could take him as another yeah I'm, European. I'm I'm in on that pick for sure. I think he's like I don't know. Again, we're just like kind of ruling out Bedard of everything. I don't know if he's like known as a generational passer, but I think Shaw is one of the best passers in this draft, like yeah. top five. Um, personally, I think that's, that's what his calling card is. Again, could he slide? I'm not really sure, but him and Crystal, I'll also throw out like, those are names that again, in the, in the 12 to 16 range that one of them, it's almost like one of them has to fall. Like there's a ton of forwards in this 11 to 20 range that are uber talented. And one of them has to slide. Right. Um, Another name I'll throw out that I'm really high on is uh, Quinton Musty. Uh, he he's a big, um, athletic winger that I don't know. Just his production was unreal. Um, if you follow Jay Fresh and you have those little projection cards, um, his card looks really good because he produced at a high level. Um, and I just really like the prospect. We talked about high floor. I think he has a high floor. Reminds me a little bit of Rucker McGordy with, you know, using his size to drive to the net, stuff like that. Um, but those are those are the three names I'm I'm looking for. Crystal, Shala, and what was the name I just said? Musty. Those are the, the three wingers that if one of them slides, that's that's what I'm looking at. The other name that I will throw out there because there are a lot of mocks that have the Jets taking a defenseman, which I don't think they should do. But for some reason, there were lots of mocks going defense. The name that I would like to see the Jets take, there was another name. I'm not going to mention it because it was a left-handed D and they have too many of those, um, was Lucas Dragovich. Right-handed D, played pretty decent in the dub for the Tri-City Americans. If they were going to go defense, that would be the pick I'd hope they'd go with. But I think with this, I was talking to Connor before the episode started. This is a forward-heavy draft. Mm-hmm. Do not reach on a defenseman. If it's not just sitting in your lap. Yeah. Like if, if for some reason, like an Axel Sandin Pelica is just sitting there. Cause obviously I don't think David Reinbacher falls that fall no. far, but, but if Pelica is just sitting there, okay, fine. Take Pelica. Cause he's BPA. Yeah. But other than that, you need to take a forward here because this is a forward class. Don't, I, I hate the mocks that are ba- just based on positional need. And I get the Jets need defensive prospects, but they need Best right player hand. available. Yes, yeah. they need either B, they either need to go BPA or if BPA is a forward that they're not huge on, and like the third best player is a Dragovich who's a right-handed D. Fine, take Dragovich because yes, he's positional need, but he's still up and around that BPA. That's where my reasoning comes from. Is I think they need to take a forward because I think they need to take best player available and. I'm willing to say right now, unless David Reinbacher slides, which he won't, I think he's going to go in the top seven. 
the best player available is going to be a forward. Yeah. Like that's almost a lock because if you look at every rankings list in the range that we're talking about from eight to 16, every single player is a forward. Like Sandy and Pico is in there. Uh, you, I think the Canucks are going to take a defenseman, whether it's Willander or P- uh, Pelica. Sorry. Um, I think th- that's the pick there, but odds are it's going to be a forward. That's the best player available. And yes, the Jets need defensive prospects. Um, Hanel is starting to get older. Sandberg now graduated. Chisholm starting to get older. Uh, but I think that you need to just take the best player available as a small market team. Right, you need yeah. these value on these on these entry level contracts, and getting a forward that was supposed to go top ten or supposed to go in that ten to eleven range and slid to you at eighteen, I think that's the ba- best way to go about business at the draft. Absolutely, and there's also an argument to be made. Like we talked about it a few weeks ago, whether or not the Jets are going to be picking more than once in the first round. Mm-hmm. Right, the first domino hasn't fallen yet. Right. There's there haven't been any trades. Um, they only have the one pick at 18. Are they going to trade like they did last year and pick up the 30th pick like some something super late? Um, time will tell. But if they have another pick or they're they're looking to trade up or Montreal gives them number five for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I don't know if that's realistic, but it's, I don't it's think a that's thought. realistic anymore. No, <laughs> um, the, tra- but- the train slowly. uh dying yeah. over on yeah pld to montreal but but like people say this is one of the best draft classes in recent years and it's not just because of Connor bedard like obviously bedard is a generational talent he's going to be amazing but this is also a deep draft especially at forward and at 18 the best player available is going to be a forward so i uh that's where i stand on it i don't know if you guys have any more thoughts but we covered a lot of players there yeah we covered a lot of philosophies a lot yeah. of situations uh, I just, I hope that the Jets take BPA. That yeah. I think that's my last. That's what thought. I'm hoping to. That, that's my last real thought. Cause I, I know they're in a position here to where, you know, they're like, realistically, if they trade, let's say a PLD or a Connor Hellebuck or a Shifley or, uh, or whatever. And they package it with picks or other prospects and they move up. Okay. But I, I, yeah. I'm with you, Connor. I think they pick more than once. Yeah. But I'm hoping that first pick is at least – if you want to reach let, – let's say they pick then at 27 or something, and you, they do exactly what they did last year and they trade for a 30 to 27, 27 to 30, somewhere yeah. in there, fine. If you want to reach on a defenseman at that point, go ahead. That's but when you, you take a swing like that, Brad Lambert. That's when yeah. you take a player that has slid, has all the talent in the world – and you really like as a prospect, boom. Or, or even, or you even reach for somebody you like, even yeah. if, even if he's not, even if he's not at that point. But yeah, I, I hope that the Jets kind of make a turn here because I've started to notice a pattern of them. I wanted to make this mention on the podcast. We didn't talk about it last week. We talked about mock trades, um, just to end the episode. I've started to notice what the management is doing and I know you guys may laugh here a little bit. So they're telling everybody they're not tanking, but what's the first right. thing that they start shopping? Connor Hellebuck. All of the best, pl- all the <laughs> best players on the team. So yeah. Yeah. The, you, you, I, I want to make this known and I'm sure you guys will second it. The reason that they said they're not tanking is for ticket sales. 
Because yeah, people will buy season tickets. 100%. Then once all the season tickets are bought, then they're going to tank and trade everybody. So then everyone's already bought their tickets for the season. They've made their quota. The Jets finished like second last in the Central and towards the bottom, probably 13th in the Western Conference. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Then they pick high in the draft. And then the rebuild starts. But oh, wait, they're going to keep telling you that they're not tanking. Because they want to require impact tickets. players who can help them win now. Yep. Win now. And so the, the, this, I don't know what kind of veil they're trying to pull over everyone's eyes here. It's a bad Jets, one. Yeah, and and that's what I'm trying to say. Jets fans aren't stupid. We said that 19, many times it, on the, this on the isn't podcast. 1985, <laughs> where you get one little article about like news and rumors in the paper. There are many different sources and many different analysts out there that talk about all the teams and what's going on you can't hide from social media anymore yeah there's no reason to lie to the media and to fans i also know of just a lot say of jets you're fans. tanking if you have to tank and honestly jets fans won't be mad yeah that's what i was about to say i know a lot of jets fans that would prefer them to rebuild they actually want to see a younger team come in and they want to watch brad lambert in the nhl next year and they they don't want to, and it's not that I don't want to watch team. like Mark Shifley on the Jets. It's just because I don't think this roster is in win now mode. So right. what do you do in sports when you're not in win now mode? You Stay either in the middle. <laughs> pick if at eighteen. You're, if if, if you're a Jets, eighteen every year. Name another team in the in any other sport that does that because there's lots of them. Um, the Sacramento Kings before this year were another team like that that were just in constant mediocrity, but. The point I'm trying to make is, is if you're not mediocre just because you have like a young team, it means that if you're mediocre and you have an older team or a like in the middle of your prime team, it means you need to shake things up. And that's the point I'm trying to make. This team is at the point where they need to shake things up. And they're at a point where this is probably the highest value you're probably going to get for someone like Connor Hallibuck. Probably the highest. Well, it's the only value you're going to get anymore for guys like PLD and Mark Shifley. So you need to get some value out of them mm-hmm. and do something with them. And unfortunately, if you have to tank and you don't sell out the building every night for a season or two, fans would much rather be happy with that. And then down the road in three seasons, we go on a playoff run or we have a super fun young team that gets mm-hmm. people in the building and butts in seats. Like, I, I, I know I'm wearing the jersey today. <laughs> but why why do you think that fans want to come and watch Seabirds games? Not just because they're winning, but they play fun basketball. And honestly, their best player is 24. Sorry, two of their best players are 24. Mm-hmm. They're young. And you know what? If they don't end up in, I think, Teddy Allen, and he, Teddy Allen should get another shot in the G League because he has played in Summer League. And E.G. Anasike will probably get another shot. But if they don't get shots in the NBA... They seem to like it here because mm-hmm. yes, they're winning, but they're young and they're developing a culture and a team here of winning and of grinding. And they're trying to build from the bottom. And I think the yeah. Jets need to, they were, they were, this is the ultimate peak. Let's say this is where the Vegas Golden Knights are, right? The Jets were about here with their Western Conference run. They're now down here. This is rock bottom. This is where like Arizona is and like, the Western the other... Conference run, which was six years ago, and and, that, and 
They, that's where they yeah. they were here before. This is the this is the peak. <laughs> they were here at that point. They're yeah. now down here. Yeah. You need to go to ground zero and build yeah. back up. Yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement there. Yep. Um and it starts draft. with the draft. It does. It does start with the draft, which is next Wednesday, the 28th. Um, Just a little scheduling note. I think we are going to try and record the next morning and kind of talk about who the Jets picked because maybe they pick once, maybe they pick twice. But regardless, um, we're recording Thursday morning this week. We'll try and record Thursday morning next week. Uh, The Jets don't have a second round pick, so they won't be uh, they won't be picking until the third round on Thursday. As far as we know. As far as we know, they could acquire one, of course. But, um, yeah, unless we have anything else, I think we're good to get out of here. Draft is in a week. It's the best time of year for Jets fans because get some hope in the in the prospect pool. Because it's the only um, time the Jets actually seem to make good decisions. Let's get some hope. Let's get some hope. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of news that should be happening in the next week. So stay on the lookout because – Next thing we know, Connor Hellbuck could be traded tomorrow, or that Pierre train is could be traded quickly tomorrow. picking up steam. So, well, yeah. Mark Shifley and PLD is slowly churning out. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I think something's going to happen before the draft. So, stay on the lookout if we do record. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It was, it was a fun one. We love draft stuff. Um, and yeah, I think that's all from me. I'll say, go Bombers. Go Gold Eyes. Go Sea Bears. Let's go.